and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM. And this is me, Warren Landis, uh, welcoming you to another exciting broadcast of Sunshine USA. Many of you know that this is a podcast that is dedicated to the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the Bible. I remember back in 2012 when I started this uh, particular ministry called Sunshine USA, uh, one of my desires was to teach Christian people the Bible. Uh, in many churches uh, across the country, I was noticing that Christians have an amazing lack of Bible knowledge. I mean, these are people that are saved. They know Jesus as their Savior, but their knowledge of the Word is very limited. And this was very troubling to me, so I felt like uh, it was very necessary to uh, come out with a Bible teaching ministry to help Christians learn more about the Bible. And that's where Sunshine USA got born. Uh, we actually started on Blog Talk USA, which is a platform that I still teach the Bible on, and now we have added so many more. And in the future, we're seeing even further opportunities to expand, including over-the-air radio and television. Uh, but of course, in order for that to happen, we do need to hear from our listeners in a financial sort of way. <laughs> and later on, toward the end of the broadcast, I will give you some contact information so that you will know how to uh, help us out if you're able to do so, if you feel that of the Lord to do so. So there you have it. Uh, okay, we're in. Uh, right now, a study of the Word of God going through the Gospel of Mark. Now, you know, Mark is a very interesting um, gospel. Uh, it was actually one of the first gospels to be published. It was, I think, the first of the four gospels to be published. Uh, and we also know that it's the shortest. Uh, uh, Mark was not the most long-winded writer you ever saw but he would write about important events. And he was attracted to the big things that Jesus did. He was not necessarily interested in recording um, a lot word for word as to what Jesus said, but he especially was attracted to uh, the big events and the miracles and stuff like that. And so we find that Mark is a remarkably good writer in that respect. The other thing is the fact that Mark is a lot like you and I. Uh, he didn't start off the best in the world, but he had a strong finish. Uh, many of you will recall that Mark was with Paul and Barnabas on that first missionary journey, and um, we find that Mark decided to go home. I don't know if he got homesick or if he had more love for the world than he did a lot for the gospel, but he left. And in fact, Barnabas and Paul got into an argument, you'll recall, at the start of the second missionary journey. Barnabas wanted to again take Mark, and Paul said no. He said he left us the first time, and I'm not going give to give him an opportunity this time to leave us. And Paul was very adamant. And so uh, it was official. Mark was not going. And so Barnabas decided he wasn't going with Paul either. And so uh, Barnabas and uh, Mark set out on their own missionary journey. 
and uh, Paul gets teamed up with uh, Silas. And now we have two missionary teams at work for the Lord instead of just one. So sometimes even in a split like that, good can come out of it. Uh, well, we find that as time went on, uh, it seems that Mark grew spiritually and he became more and more a dependable worker for the Lord. In fact, by the time Paul gets to the very end of his ministry, guess what? <laughs> we find that Paul is actually specifically requesting that Mark come and help Paul out. And so what a turnaround that was. And it's because of the fact that Mark learned from his slothfulness in his early days, and he became quite the warrior for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, um, today we're in Mark chapter number four. We've already covered the first three chapters of the Gospel of Mark. And here we come to Mark chapter one and verse one. And it says, And he began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat at the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them this doctrine, or his doctrine rather. Now, let me make a comment here that I think is very interesting. Notice he goes out in a boat a little ways, and he addresses the crowd on the shore from the boat. Now, why do you think Jesus did this? <laughs> well, they say it's because when you have a voice speaking over the water, and this would have been especially true on the Sea of Galilee, that it has a tendency to amplify your voice. And so this became a type of natural PA system <laughs> that Jesus was able to use in order to address a much larger crowd. And we're also told here that he taught in parables. Now, what was a parable? Uh, in its simplest form, we could say that a parable was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, an earthly story with the heavenly meaning. In other words, um, when um, Jesus used parables, he came up with an earthly story that everybody could relate to, and he used that story as a means of teaching spiritual truths. And so a lot of times he would teach using parables. And it was not just a system of teaching that he was about to use now, this was actually a system of teaching that Jesus would use all throughout his ministry. Now, let's uh, go on a little bit further. And he says, uh, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, that some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, 
and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among, uh, let's see, uh, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield uh, fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that heareth, or he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were with him, with the twelve, asked of him about the parable. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice these disciples wait until they are alone with Jesus. They don't interrupt Jesus to ask him this in front of the crowd. They certainly don't want to put their Bible teacher uh, in an embarrassing situation <laughs> or an uncomfortable situation. They wait until the crowd is gone. And when the crowd is gone, then they decide, hey, this is a pretty good time for us to ask our Bible teacher a question. And the question was about the parable. Um, let's see. Um, and he that is Jesus said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done unto parables, that seeing they might see and may not perceive, and hearing they might they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Now, in other words, Jesus knew that just because he presents Bible truth out there, it doesn't mean that people would actually be able to understand it. Which, of course, is why he used the parables in the first place. He wanted to make spiritual truths a lot simpler uh, to understand. And he also knew that people have different levels of understanding. Now, I could tell you that when I am invited to go into a church to preach the gospel, I have a tendency to want to find out something about the people I'm going to be preaching to. Let's say uh, you were to invite me. Let's say you're a pastor and you were to invite me to your church for a few days or maybe a week to preach the gospel to your people. I would probably want to ask you um, something about the people at your church. I would want to try to find out how much of the Bible do they know? Do they know a lot about the Bible? Do they know just a little bit about the Bible or what? And that way I'll know how to plan my messages. Because you see, I don't want to preach a lot of stuff that they're not going to understand because they're not that far along in their understanding of the Word. And yet at the same time, I don't want to bore them with a lot of simple stuff that they already know. And so it helps me as a preacher know 
if I'm going to a church, if I can find out as much about those people as I can before the fact. <laughs> and that way, when I get there, I can bring a message that is in line with their understanding of the Word of God. Now, also, likewise, there are some people that I can't talk to at all about spiritual things. Uh, I live in an apartment complex, and uh, some people here are Christians, some are not. There are some people here that I could talk to about spiritual things, and they would readily understand, and some people I could not do that with. And, and the reason why people have different levels of understanding of the Word of God, you know? You may have relatives that are the same way. You might have relatives where you could tell them some things about the Word of God and it would go in one ear and out the other ear because their knowledge of the Word is so limited. But now there's other people you could talk to and share that with them and they would thoroughly enjoy it. They would just soak it all up. <laughs> Amen. Now, like I say, I hope that people after they've been listening to Sunshine USA for a while, I hope they get to that point where their knowledge of the Word, their knowledge of the Word grows and expands <laughs> the longer they listen to Sunshine USA. That would make me feel really happy. And sometimes I get emails from people that tell me about how they have grown in their knowledge of the Word of God as a result of this program. And, and sometimes it's not even because of something I've said. It's because my program motivates people to get into the Word of God for themselves and study it for themselves to see what it says. Amen. And if that's what happens, I, I can't help but be too happy about that <laughs> because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to increase people's appetite for the Word of God. Amen. Okay, now let's read on. Um, verse 13. Now here is where Jesus begins to explain to the disciples the meaning behind the parable that he gave to the people. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will you know all the parables? You see? <laughs> In other words, he's telling the disciples here, Look, th these parables are how I teach. And over the next period of time, two or three years, I'm going to be teaching using a lot of parables. Now, of course, we don't know <laughs> that disciples had any idea how long Jesus was going to be with them. We know that at this point, Jesus had two or three years left in his ministry, but yet the disciples, I'm sure, didn't know that. They just probably assumed Jesus would be around forever, or at least a long time. But he said, look, the way I teach, I teach using parables. And he said, if you guys don't get this parable, you're never going to get some of the other parables that I'm going to be teaching with. And he said, the sower soweth the word. And these are they, by the way, side, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown 
in their hearts. And that's verse 15. In other words, uh, we know that Satan is working hard to keep the presentation of the Word of God from being effective. That's why, you know, if I were standing in your pulpit, uh, say, this Sunday, preaching the gospel in your church, and you're out in the audience, chances are (laughs) the devil's going to be trying everything he can to get you to think about anything and everything other than the sermon. He doesn't want you to listen to the sermon because he knows that the sermon just might save your life. And so the devil is going to do everything he can to sidetrack you and to keep you from taking that all in. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, now let's uh, read on. Okay. Um, it says, But when they have heard, Satan cometh along immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on thorny ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But because they have no root, in verse 17, in themselves, and so endure, but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the world's sake, immediately they are offended. Now that's in verse 17. So we find that Jesus said there are those that hear the word very gladly, but yet at the same time when adversity comes, they forget everything they've been taught. And and many times it's because their root system is not very deep. And therefore it's very easy for them to forget everything they've ever been taught. And they have nothing to grasp hold to when the tough times come. (laughs) And, you know, you talk about tough times. I tell you, this year, 2020, has been one of the most unusual, tough years I've ever seen. I've never seen in my life a year quite like 2020. And it's frightening almost, and yet it is happening. But yet, I don't lose heart. And I don't lose hope, because you see, my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that no matter how bad things get, I know that no matter how hard things get, no matter how hopeless things might seem, my faith in God is unshaken. It is unshaken. It cannot be moved. (laughs) And I know that even in a worst case scenario, if I were to die, As unfortunate as that would be for some, for me it would be a great thing, because I would be up in heaven. So you see, it's a win-win situation. If I live, then I have more time on this earth to preach and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet at the same time, if I don't live, then hey, I'm in heaven. I win either way. And you do too, if you're a Christian. Amen.
Okay? Now let's go to verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, which hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of the other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Now, here we find that there are some that will hear the word, but the cares of this world keep them from prospering spiritually. You know, um, I tell you folks, this whole world, it has nothing to offer me. I mean, seriously, this world of ours, it has nothing whatsoever to offer me. <laughs> I mean, let's say I earned a lot of money. You know, big deal. I can't take it with me. And of course, at my age, I mean, I don't know how much longer the Lord will allow me to live, but I know that I've already lived more years than I have yet to live. <laughs> right now, I mean, I'm 66, going on 67 years old. I mean, I could conceivably live many more years, but probably not as many years as I've already lived. You know, um, on my blog talk radio platform, our Bible teaching series right now has us in the Song of Solomon, or not Song of Solomon, the uh, book of Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes, Solomon gives us a glimpse into his way of thinking. He says, here I have all this money that I've acquired. And he says, when I die, you know what's going to happen? Somebody is going to acquire all this money. He said, think about it. Somebody is going to acquire all this money. And it might even be somebody I don't even know. And they did not work for this the way I did. And therefore, it really won't mean as much to them as it means to me. And yet, there's no way I could keep that from happening. Now, I, I told someone the other day, I said, now, let me tell you something. My family members, they're going to be very disappointed when I die. <laughs> And the reason why, I don't have a lot. Now, of course, they're not going to be surprised, I don't think, because I think most of them understand that I don't have a lot. Amen. <laughs> so they'll just have to miss me without having a lot of my stuff to inherit. Now, furthermore, the fact of the matter is, whatever I do have, I don't really care what happens to it, ultimately, because I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> and when I'm in heaven... Whatever happens to my earthly stuff down here on earth, you think I'm going to worry about that? No way, Jose. There's no way I'm going to worry about that. Amen. Okay, let's read on. He says, and these, in verse 20, are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and then they receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, and some sixty, and some hundred. And so Jesus is telling the disciples here, some of this that I'm saying is going to fall on good ground. They're going to hear it. They're going to respond to it. And it's going to change their life, and they're going to go out and do great things for God. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm a very realistic preacher. I know that not everybody I preach to is going to get saved. I would love to have the kind of ministry where if somebody hears me preach and they're not saved, bam, yow, they get saved. <laughs> Boy, that would be great. <laughs> but you know what? Usually that doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. A lot of times it don't. I would love to think that if a backslidden Christian hears me preach, all of a sudden they're going to get right with the Lord. Some will, many won't. And so therefore, as a result of that, I know that all I can do is faithfully present the word, teach the word, preach the gospel, and then leave the results to God. Not too long ago, somebody was asking me, they said, Warren, how many people have been saved under your ministry? I said, well, I don't really know. Now, I know, you know, some evangelists, you know, if you were to contact them, uh, they'll say, well, you know, 12,000 people have been saved in my ministry. I don't have any idea how many people have been saved in my ministry. I don't know how many Christians have rededicated their lives to Christ under my ministry. I don't know how many young men have answered God's call to preach the gospel. I know that some have. Back when I was in high school, some of the people I shared Christ with, they got saved. And guess what? They not only got saved, but they went into the ministry and now they're leading people to the Lord. And it thrills me to know that I have a small part of that. Amen. Praise the Lord. So one of the things I have learned as a preacher, and I know that we have a lot of young ministers who listen to this broadcast, and I love to give you helpful advice. And one of the pieces of helpful advice I give you on this podcast is the fact you've got to leave the results to God. What you have to focus on is faithfully presenting the Word of God, faithfully teaching the Word of God, and then you want to leave the results to God. Leave the results to God. That's the important thing right there, leaving the results unto the Lord. Now, uh, hopefully this Bible study session that we've had today has been very helpful to you. And right now, I want to give you a telephone number. I, I did this on the Blog Talk radio platform the other day. I don't think I've done it on this platform yet. I want to give you my personal phone number. I don't do this too often, but once in a while, I like to give out my personal telephone number so that if you want to, uh, you can call me and you can talk to me. You can share a prayer request with me. You can tell me about how this Radio Ministry has blessed your life. Um, if you would like to get saved, I can give you some information on that. If you would like me to come to your church, I can give you some information about that. And maybe you're just lonely. You know, the holidays are coming up, and we know that for many people, this is going to be a lonely holiday season. They're telling people now that people need to stay to themselves for the holidays, not do a lot of traveling. Uh, some families may not even be able to get together. 
Very, very sad. So if you need someone to talk to, if you need an encouraging word from the Lord, you could just pick up that telephone and call me. Uh, my phone number is 864, that's the area code, 346-507. That's 864-346-5007. Kind of like James Bond, 007. <laughs> 864-346-5007. Now, if you'd like to shoot me an email, you can do so at warrenlandis at yahoo.com or warrenlandis at uh, gmail.com. Either way, I'd love to hear from you, and I'll answer you just as soon as I get your email. Or if you want to contact me by snail mail, you can do that. My mailing address is warrenlandis3001, Old Buncombe Road, Apartment number 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. That's Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. And by the way, that's apartment number 8. That's a very important part of that address. If you don't put number 8 on there, they won't know it's me, okay? And uh, before you close the envelope, if you feel out of the Lord to... Put a few dollars in there to help us out with this ministry. That would be so greatly appreciated. Well, uh, I've enjoyed being with you tonight, and I hope that you will tune in again next time. In the meantime, tell your friends about Sunshine USA <clears throat> and let them know how they can tune in. Because chances are, if you enjoy this podcast, you've got friends that would enjoy it too. So until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye, God bless you, and guess what? I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.